0: Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Earl Scakel here. Late night. Inappropriate, Earl. A lot of people have been
1: asking me to do a recap of the Ric Flair roast that I was lucky enough to be on. And here we are at uh, one o'clock on a Thursday night. The roast was a Few weeks ago, and uh, it was probably
0: the greatest gig of my life. Um, and a lot of people want to know since I don't have a personal relationship with Vic Flair, Earl. How did you get on the roast? Well, when I heard about the roast,
1: I thought I have to be on this. I literally, you talk about gigs that are tailor-made for you. This gig was tailor-made for me. Um, because I come from, as you guys know, or maybe you don't know, but uh, I come from the TV show Roast Battle, which is more one-on-one roasting. It's more combat-style roasting. It's not really... Um, Paying a tribute. You know, Roast Battle is really skilled bullying. And uh it's not really for me. I just happen to be good at it. So I thought, well, let me try and get on the roast of probably one of my top three favorite wrestlers of all time. I mean, there's so many that I like. It's, it's hard to pick one. But I would say... Uh, Uh, I'll give you my top five, and not in any particular order, because it's just too hard. Uh, I would say Ric Flair um, would be uh, definitely, you know, up at the top of the list. Uh, Kamala, the Ugandan giant, actually from Mississippi. Same difference. Um, Sting, of course, as you know, and uh, the Ultimate Warrior. Rick Rude. uh, Hakeem, the African Dream. Some of you may know him as the one-man gang before the WWE turned him black. (laughs) I don't know what that was about, but it was the 80s. Uh, So I called the Iron Sheik's manager, and I said, dude. Well, first of all, I thought, if anyone can get me on this roast, it's him. This guy could literally sell a camel sand in the desert. Um, this guy, Paige Majin, one half of the Majin Brothers Entertainment, based out of Toronto, he could sell a sweater to a guy in a sauna. He doesn't mess around. Uh, so I knew he could get me on this because I had heard through the grapevine that they hadn't really pick the comics yet, and I think, and I don't know this to be true, but they were having a little bit of trouble filling the dais, because, you know, roast-style humor, let's just put it this way, it's not for everyone, so he literally calls me back an hour later and says, you're on it as a writer, they need help. People uh, who aren't roasters, they don't know how to tell a roast joke. They certainly don't have any roast jokes. And I'm like, I'll help people, right? I don't have a problem with that. But I also want to be on the roast as a performer. Because I'm much more, and I always tell people this, I'm much more a performer than I am a writer. So, uh, what do you know? Calls me an hour later. You're on. And I'm like, as a performer, he's like, yes, you will be roasting great flair. And then he gave me some of the other names, uh, you know, DDP, Eric
0: Bischoff.
1: And I want to show you uh, some of the things I bought. I bought a uh, an Eric Bischoff doll. Uh, I actually bought it. No freebies were given out. And, uh, so I was tasked with writing for three people. In addition to my own jokes, I helped DDP, Eric Bischoff, and one of the nasty boys, the great Brian Knobs. And, uh, it was awesome. All three guys, amazing guys, like super, super nice guys. Um, and the funny thing is, and I'll get to this part later. Really, the three of them, you know, they didn't really use most of the jokes that he wrote for them. Because, you know, when you get up, and I think it was about 2,000 people saw the roast live. But when you get up live in front of 2,000 people, even if you have the TV experience of Eric Bischoff, you know, 35 years, he's been a TV personality, DDP probably around the same amount of time. Brian Knobs, probably the most experienced in terms of on-camera, you know, promos and and whatnot. So, uh, you know, you'd think they'd be pretty experienced. But, you know, when you're trying to get laughs in front of 2,000 people, and you're not really used to roast-style humor, it's a lot tougher than it looks. Um, So, I and let, let me say who the other comics were on the uh, dais. Uh, the great Shuley from Howard Stern. The legend Tyler Morrison from Toronto. Uh, the great John Moses. Uh, my new favorite southern comic, Cassio. He was awesome. And uh, Dan St. Germain, uh, big time New York comic. So it's a real nice group of comics to work with even though we were all writing for different people, uh, we would have conference calls and, uh, you know, just to see where we were writing with people. And uh, it was a awesome experience working for comics who were rooting for you. Like we all wanted the others to do well because, uh, you know, it was just, you know, the complete opposite of say roast battle where it's one-on-one and you're you're not really rooting for the other person. You're trying to beat them, trying to embarrass them. So I really enjoyed the roast a lot more than I did any roast battle I've ever done. And that's not a slam on roast battle, but it's just roasting is more my sense of humor than it is, um, you know, roast battle. Uh, you know, roasting at the end of the, the mean jokes and the, the zingers and the lines, you are, you're paying tribute. So, uh, you know, it was a super fun experience. So I flew out to uh Nashville on a Thursday night. Uh, and I flew in so late there were no uh Ubers or Lyfts available. I forget uh Nashville's not really LA in terms of the late night uh services required to get to, to get uh from the airport to your hotel. And uh, Starcast events. Put me up at the. And it's actually a really nice hotel, the Hampton Airport Inn. Uh, I was there till Monday, and uh, so Friday, you know, we woke up. I worked out. I got to have breakfast with Ricky Morton, which is kind of insane because I'm a huge fan of Ricky Morton. If you're a younger fan, I know you've seen the promo that Ric Flair cut on Ricky Morton where he takes a training bra out of his jacket and he's like i like the big girls you like the little ones uh you probably couldn't do that promo today but uh who knows i'm sure the wwe will try it at one point and uh so that was kind of neat first day to meet him and uh one thing i learned is if you are um eating breakfast at a hotel where pro wrestlers are staying, uh, you got to get there real early because they eat everything. And uh, so I think the breakfast was from 7 to 10. And if you got down there at literally 7.45, the food was gone. And people were like, well, why didn't you just have the chef make you more? There was no more food. I guess they aren't used to servicing, you know, gigantic dudes. Uh, And there's a few big broads there. Trust me on that one. And no, I didn't get their phone numbers. Out of control, you guys. Um, So that was kind of fun to start the the day off. And then I worked out. They had a pretty nice gym there. And the workout served two purposes. Uh, One, you know, I'll be 54 next month. You got to keep up with the Joneses. I just did my first ice bath uh, today, and uh, it was pretty cold. My body, like, I did it about maybe 10 hours ago, and my body is still cold. Uh, but this podcast ain't about my body. um. So, uh, and I also did it to work off the nerves. You know, I, about Friday, 2 or 3 in the afternoon, I I started getting nervous. Because, you know, I I started to realize, man, there's going to be 2,000 people there tonight. I'm going to be on a stage with. And this was who was on the stage. I'll give you the final uh, dais. You had, obviously, Ric Flair. uh, One of his ex-wives, Wendy, who was awesome. You had Diamond Dallas Page, Eric Bischoff, Brian Nobbs, uh, Vicky Guerrero, who I have developed a man crush on because she's so nice bully ray i got to sit next to him on the roast uh, and one of my favorite hockey players of all time you guys know i love the tough guys uh i got to sit next to ty domi and uh what a nice guy like you know we had a moment um, you know so we had to get there at 4 p.m so we had like three hours to kill i think the roast was at seven thirty. You know we're all just walking around. All the comics were walking around. It's starting to hit them. Oh my god! We get to roast Ric Flair and and all these other famous wrestlers and wrestling managers and personalities. And I think Mike brable the Titans head coach, was in the crowd. I didn't get to meet him. And I'm a Steeler fan, so fuck them. uh All those times the Patriots beat the Steelers. Uh, no, I'm, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's a huge Ric Flair fan. And uh, so we're just all walking around and got to see my friend uh jordan the lion who has probably the top vlogging show on youtube if you haven't uh gotten a chance and i'm sure anyone who's listening or watching this uh i'm sure you've seen his uh, show it's really good it's it's very uh detailed and in-depth and you know he takes you on these rides i think he recently went to Kamala's graveside um to uh, tell you the story of James Kamala Harris. And
0: uh, speaking of Kamala Harris, this is for
1: you YouTubers. This is another doll I bought in the box. I thought it'd be pretty funny if I took it out of the box and chopped his legs off, but some people might say that's too soon. Um, So, uh, you know, we're just walking around this gigantic, place with it seemed like 10,000 chairs it was only about 2,000 um and you know I've been doing stand-up comedy I've been doing it so long I I really don't know how long I've done it it's literally been I don't know 99 2000-ish maybe even late 98 um because I remember my first show was at a Starbucks at the Beverly Center And my girlfriend at the time,
0: uh, I
1: was so bad. She was uh, feeding me my jokes from the side of the, it wasn't even a stage, it was a Starbucks. So pretty embarrassing. Uh, And we broke up in 98. So, um, you know, I've been doing comedy a very long time. And I've been making a little bit of money the last couple of years. I've had some really cool fans send me wrestling dolls. You you all have seen my Abdullah the Butcher doll. It's pretty dope, as the kids say, and I'll just show it to you
0: one night. Or right now, this is for
1: the kids watching on YouTube. Sorry about you uh, Apple Podcasts and SoundClouders. Um, I'm a one man operation here. So uh sorry about uh I don't have a producer. This is the Daddy Man's podcast. Um so uh
0: you know I, I bought a Kamala doll.
1: I bought another doll I'll show you in a second. But about an hour before the roast starts, the producer of the show comes up to me and says, Earl we've made these for all the people on the dais and he gives me this now fans were paying i think four or five hundred dollars for this so and what the fans were paying for is a picture with rick flair you actually took a picture with rick flair and they made you a doll and they made these for all the roasters once again this is for uh You guys listening on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud, this episode will actually be on YouTube as well. So uh, just go on to, I guess, youtube.com backslash Earl Skakel. But here's what they made me. An Earl Skakel doll in a Ric Flair robe. And I literally almost started crying because I was so, I was blown away. Jordan, I think, got it on video. You know, you I've seen it all in stand up. I certainly haven't done most of it, but I've seen it all. And to be handed a doll at already a dream gig is pretty neat. Um so they let the crowd in and the energy's in the room, it's getting bigger and bigger. You just the anticipation was pretty awesome. I'm walking around it it's a huge uh almost like a concert hall. Um uh, and so i went backstage and just so happened the second i walked backstage rick flair walked in and uh he kind of looked at me like i should know who this guy is but i have no clue as to who he is and i just walked up to him say mr flair i'm roasting you tonight thank you very much and he gave me a hug and he's like thank you son i'm like son well i mean i guess i he's one of the few people that's 20 years older than me at this thing so uh you know that was kind of neat to you know i'd watch this guy my god 40 years and like to to meet him and it's kind of like meeting superman like it's like wow that's him i got to touch him and uh met his ex-wife wendy and, you know she was cool and he, he had some handlers um and then you know some of the wrestlers started trickling in, like Billy Gunn's kids. You know the Gun Club from AEW. They were walking around, and I said, oh my god, I'm big fans of your guys. And they were super, super nice. And uh, then I got to meet Tydomi, and uh, you know Tydomi's the all time fight leader in the NHL. I think he has 333 fights. It's a lot of fights, and he put his hand on my shoulder. He's like Earl, go easy on me. You don't want to be number 334. And that's kind of intimidating because I put my arm around him for a picture. And, you know, he's got to be 50, probably a little younger than me. And, my God, it was like touching a brick wall. And uh, it was really cool. We um, got on the topic of his mother, and he genuinely asked me about my mother. I was like, oh, I lost my parents um, in 1998, two months apart. And you could tell he was almost, like, I'm not saying he was going to cry, but, like, it got emotional for me and it was like so surreal i'm like sitting there watching. okay i've seen this guy fight bob probert you know darren kimball eric cairns uh, some of my favorite hockey players some of my favorite hockey fights he's been a part of and uh i'm about to make him cry because my parents passing away and uh so that was kind of surreal you know it was just like is this really happening and uh DDP walked in, and, you know, I'd known him from the Roddy Piper Memorial, so, you know, he gave me a big hug and said, thanks for all your help, and uh, same thing with Eric Bischoff, you know, Eric walked in, we gave a hug, because we kind of know each other, I mean, he did my podcast um, many, many years ago, and uh, that was when I would only do in person, so, you know, uh, it was kind of like the interview I did with uh, the bad guy from Superman 2. Jack O'Halloran, where I contacted him and he's like, Hey, can we do Skype? Can we do Zoom? I'm like, No, you got to kind of come to my house. And I think he lived in LA at the time. So he came to my house. And, I, you know, I don't get starstruck very often. You know, I'm around famous people every night. But, but you know, about halfway through the interview, I'm, I'm sitting there going, This is the guy who did the Monday Night Wars. This is pretty insane. And, uh of course, I lost him on a all-black royal rumble joke for Hulk Hogan. But, uh, you know, that's another story. Um, So it's probably about 7 o'clock. and uh, Thank you, Raymond. Raymond uh, piping in, following me since the Piper Spit days on YouTube. Appreciate that. Um, And so it's about 7 o'clock, so the, uh, not arena, but the concert halls get pretty full. So all, all of us are getting, you know, uh, nervous, excitement, adrenaline, a little bit of both. Uh, you know, I won't say which person, but there was definitely a person, one of the roasters who was sweating. They were so scared. Um, and then the roast starts and it was awesome. Like, uh, and I get this question a lot. I get no cut of the pro- proceeds, but, uh, People want to know where they can watch the roast. It's on Fight T V, Fight dot I guess she would just put in rick Flair roast. And uh you know, my buddy Tyler Morrison, he started the uh roast off and he killed. Like like he he raised the bar a hundredfold. Um I mean he killed. And then uh Taidomi went uh second and uh he did good. He had a little bit of a uh a glitch because the teleprompter, uh, which was helping some of the people uh, read their jokes, or you know, just a little reminder, uh, it froze in the middle of his set. So, uh, but he got him back at the end with a nice uh, story about Rick. And then Tori Wilson um, went up, and she was pretty funny. You know, I think you know when you do a roast, you handicap um, who you think is going to be bad, so you can write more jokes about them over the people who are going to do well. Like, for example, when I wrote for Dr. Ken on the Alec Baldwin roast, um, we kind of looked at the list and we think, okay, who do we think is going to do bad? So we can write a little more uh, on them than the others. Um, and we both instantly picked Caitlyn Jenner because we thought, well, she's not really known for her personality. And when she was Bruce Jenner, You know, he wasn't exactly known for being funny. He was just known for being a great athlete. (laughs) So, uh, and we were wrong. Caitlyn Jenner was the funniest person on the roast, in my opinion. Uh, And then I think we had talked about the possibility of Blake Griffin not being that funny, and he killed. I mean, they were probably the two best people on the Alec Baldwin roast. So, uh, you know, I kind of did the same, uh, you know, with this, even though I was I was pretty much working, you know, when I was writing for myself, I, I wasn't really uh, collaborating with anyone else for my jokes. And I had kind of targeted Tori Wilson as, you know, she's just known for being hot. You know, she never really showed, like, a great personality. That's probably not her fault. You know, they're, they're divas. They're just supposed to show their tits. and would uh, bend over to show their thong or whatever. But uh, she was pretty funny. So, uh, and then I was after her and, uh, you know, I'm honest, I didn't kill, but I did very good. Um, I had a few jokes, uh, that I tried about people who weren't in the room and, uh, I was probably an error in judgment. You know, I had a, uh, Jeff Ross joke that I was very proud of, but it kind of fell flat. Um, but for the most part, I did uh, pretty good, you know kind of weird to like do a joke about Vicky Guerrero's pussy and she's so nice <laughs> and uh you know to make fun of Rick Flair and he's like probably the the greatest wrestler of all time uh, and you know to make fun of you know Brian knobs uh, you know and just to give you a style of the jokes uh you know I'm going to do toward the end of this episode uh, some of the jokes I didn't do but uh you know and the joke about Ty domi and bully ray you know who could kill you i mean bully ray is jacked uh, so i had to do some on the fly uh writing because i had all these jokes about uh, bully ray being fat because i hadn't seen him in a while and he's like jack like he's in great shape so uh that was kind of interesting um and then you know with tori i thought you know well i'll have some jokes about her not being funny and, and she did really well so i couldn't do any of those jokes um and, you know, we were given a lot of leeway on this uh, roast. You know, we were given two topics not to talk about. And uh, they were the plane ride from hell and uh, the jo- uh, the death of a family member and, and Rick's, uh, uh, one of Rick's sons. And uh, everyone stuck to that rule. Um, and uh, the host of the show was Brad Nestler, who I did not know but he's a legend in the college football world. So, uh, you know, I, I really didn't have anything on him. Um, so I, and I, you know, I, none of the comics really joked about each other because we didn't really know each other. I mean, I, I obviously know who John Moses and Tyler Morrison are. They do that really, uh, great podcast called fight stories with, uh, mostly retired hockey players. And it's really, really good. We actually did a, uh, Episode of that Saturday um, uh, with me, John, Tyler, and the great Shuli, who's my new bestie. And um, so it was, you know, the comics usually would go after each other, but we pretty much just kept it to the wrestlers. And uh, it was a long roast, probably a shade over two hours. Um, also, David Manning was there, uh, world class championship wrestling referee and booker and uh he was pretty funny actually um i think i had a joke about wow the star power of this roast is amazing how did we get david manning i mean what was danny davis booked to do a show in poughkeepsie uh danny davis was a wrestling referee from the mid 80s you know it was a real deep cut that i think some of the younger people were looking at me going who the fuck is danny davis who are you talking about um but overall, the, the roast was uh, really amazing. Um, just so many fun memories. I mean, it's been uh, three weeks since I got back, and literally every day I wake up, I think of another memory of you know who I got to meet. You know, I've been like I said, I've been doing comedy a really long time, and there in four days, there was not one unpleasant memory. It was just awesome and then so there was really no after party after the roast that was going to be uh, on Sunday night after uh, Rick's final match so uh Saturday we all went to the wrestling convention and it's pretty amazing like so many people there uh, signing so it's like think of uh Comic-Con but wrestling uh, you know the Steiner brothers were there Virgil was there. Um, Let me show you. I have to step away from the mic for a second, but Virgil signed uh, an autograph. Let me show you. Um, Let me see. Oh, yeah. This is for the YouTube uh, crowd. Uh, To Earl. I have a 14-inch dick, Virgil. There's like a little kid right next to him. I was like, come on, dude, you know, play it cool. Um he was not there, but uh, I bought this recently online, so I'll show it to you. Uh Nikita Kola. To Earl be a champion. Now, I did get this picture Saturday because I wrote for Brian Nobbs. It was very cool. There's a nasty boys uh autograph and Jerry Sags was there. Uh, Jerry was not on the roast. It was just Brian Nobbs. So, uh, you know, but it, it was like Saturday was visually what was just uh, hard to describe. I mean, if you're a wrestling fan, especially from the 80s, it was a who's who. Uh, you know, the Godfather, uh, Lita was there you know, Nia Jax, I think was there. Um, Vicky Guerrero, obviously, uh, Dan Housen. I got to meet Dan Housen. It was really cool. Um, and I bought this, a
0: Lex Luger doll and Lex autographed it for me.
1: Sorry about the, uh, see his autograph right there. And, uh, he was awesome. Uh, You know, obviously, he does not look like the total package anymore. So it was kind of jarring, you know, to be honest with you. I mean, I almost, well, not I almost, but uh, I welled up a little bit, to be frank. Because, you know, I mean, Lex Luger, I mean, I'm straight, but, man, that guy had one of the greatest bodies in the the history of uh, bodies. And uh, so to see him kind of confined to... uh, Wheelchair type device was, you know, it's, uh, it's tough to be honest with you. Um, but he was so nice. He he signed everyone's autograph. And here's the crazy thing, and I probably can't see it too well, but, uh, you know, he he had trouble gripping the pen. Um, but the autograph is perfect. He kind of signed it like, like with a fist holding the pen. And, uh, You know, the autograph's perfect. I mean, it's literally perfect. Uh, So uh, that was kind of neat. And at one point, a camera crew was kind of cut in front of the line. And there's probably maybe 50 fans waiting to buy stuff, take a picture. And he yelled at them. He's like, I'll get to you guys when I'm done with every fan. You guys want to talk to me? You can wait in line like all these people. I was like, oh, wow, that was really cool. I mean, you know, there might have been a few wrestlers there who would have Oh my god, I gotta be on TV. So they would have told the fans to wait, but uh Lex Luger did not. He uh he's very cool and he took every picture, he signed everything, even though I'm sure it was kind of draining for him. And uh made me a bigger fan of his. And uh there's a lot of uh items for sale. You know, like I bought, you know, the Lex Luger and Kamala doll. Uh this doll was a little bit more uh, uh cheaper because it was out of the box, but you guys know me. I'm a big Sid vicious fan, and uh, I bought this for fifteen dollars. <laughs> it's a tough business, as I said fifteen bucks. so uh, that was kind of cool. And uh, they had an Akeem doll for four hundred dollars. Uh, I'll plug the place. I think they're called toy vomit and uh, very cool, poor girl there was uh she must have felt real comfortable at a pro wrestling convention i mean I, I think she might have been the only girl in the concert hall uh and there's hundreds of uh people probably a thousand people maybe uh at the saturday convention and um on uh, in the other this hall is so big that there's a second room that's just as big as the first room and there was a new japan event going on that was really cool to watch and uh, there's just so much going on. Um, and then, so that was all day Saturday. Um, uh, and it got to meet, take pictures with everyone. And I gotta be honest with you. Everyone was cool. Like usually at a, a picture signing event, you'll run into one Dick, uh, just cause they're tired of taking pictures and smiling. But, uh, there wasn't, like, everyone. Rikishi was there. He was cool. Um, I didn't take a picture with him because I was never really a giant fan of his. Nothing against him, uh, but uh, you know, he was signing, and uh, was the Hornswoggle was there. Um, and uh, Smart Mark, uh, the manager in AEW, he was there. He was very funny. Um, so it was just like, and you could take a picture with the uh, bloody suit. When Jeff Jarrett attacked uh, Ric Flair in the parking lot, uh, they had the, the blood. You could uh, touch it, whatever you want to do. I I don't know who would do that in a COVID type situation, but uh, you know, people were doing it. There's a line around the block to take a picture with Ric Flair's bloody suit. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was there. He had a huge line. Um, Paige was there, former WWE diva. Um, Lita was there kind of cool uh you know because i you know i'd done pretty well on the roast so i, I was a bit of a celebrity myself but has were the other comics walking around the uh saturday uh comic wrestle wrestle con i guess i'll call it and uh so i take a picture with the nasty or the nasty boys with lita and i took a few pictures then i gave uh the nasty boys their camera back and Lita came up to me and said, like, Earl, let's take a picture of you and me. And she was so nice. Um, so it was, and Takeshita was there. He, he's going to be a star in AEW. I hope they sign him long term because he's really good. He was very nice. And uh, it was just an awesome experience. I mean, Virgil was out of control. Virgil was like trying to sell a kid a $2 phone app. And he's being completely serious. Like all those videos you see of Virgil saying wacky stuff it's not for show. That's just, he's crazy. Um, so it was kind of neat to hang out with Virgil. And, uh, then I went home or went to the hotel and fell asleep. I was exhausted. So, I mean, I probably, you know, I know how people track their steps. I would have loved to have tracked my steps Saturday. I literally probably walked 20,000 steps, but I also ate like three or four burgers. You know, I, I try and eat pretty healthy, but, uh, You know, I I was a little off my diet um, Saturday because I was so hungry from walking so much. And then I knew Sunday was going to be a long day. So I thought, you know, it's the last match and the after party is going to be off the hook, as the kids say. And uh, so Sunday, we
0: all the comics slept till about 12
1: or 1. And then we. independently went to the arena Um, it was i forget the name of the uh arena but you know there were so many tickets sold it was supposed to be in that second uh, room originally where the new japan show was but they sold so many tickets they had to move it to like this smaller almost like a college basketball sized arena and uh, it was pretty full not a hundred percent sold out but i would guess this arena probably held 9,000 people. I would say 7,500 people were there. And, uh, you know, backstage was just mind-blowing. I mean, you thought the flare Roast was star-studded, and it was. And Saturday was cool, but I think some wrestlers were there just for the match, so they didn't go to the roast or the Saturday events. And so The Undertaker walked in. Uh, McFoley walked in. And so many uh, people were there that, um, you know, I was walking around just more steps, probably walked 30,000 steps on Sunday. And uh, so I'm, you know, I'm just trying not to get in anyone's way. So I'm, I'm real quiet when I'm not on a stand up stage and I'm walking around and I see this pretty big dude in a wheelchair and uh, I, I knew he was a wrestler from the eighties and I didn't want to stare at him, but I it clicked all of a sudden. Oh, my God, that's Magnum TA. Now, to you younger fans listening, you probably don't know who Magnum TA is. He was, I guess you'd say my generation's John Cena, the perpetual good guy, always battling Ray Flair, and Nikita Golov, all the top heels. You know, you, you had to go through Magnum TA if you wanted to get over as a heel because he was such a great, good guy. And a super good-looking guy. I think Tom Selleck, uh, but a lot bigger, like a 300-pound Tom Selleck. Um, and, you know, he got into a horrible uh, car accident in the prime of his career, and he just was never the same because it was a pretty brutal accident. Um, and so I, I literally got on my knees to talk to him. He was awesome. Like, he was so nice. And he started talking about, because I brought up Nikita Koloff's name because they had some great matches. And I uh, was like, oh, I love Nikita. And I, I started, like, I could feel myself starting to cry, cause much like Lex Luger, you know, to see these guys who are, like, physical specimens reduced to being in a wheelchair. And although, you know, uh, Lex probably looks, I don't want to say worse, but, like, he's definitely a lot skinnier. But, uh, you know, Magnum still is pretty, pretty jacked, um, uh, you know, but I had to. I was like, hey, man, you look thirsty. Do you want some water, Mr. T.A.? Because I knew I was going to cry, so I just walked away and got him a bottle of water. And, uh, you know, I was, had a similar experience with Lex Luger. I'm like, he's, he's like, hey, man, do you want to take a picture? After he signed my doll. And I've been told, don't call it a doll. Call it an action figure. Okay. Um, I'm too old to be buying that shit, but you know, you got caught up in the moment. At least I did, and uh and then I walked in the production office, and me and Bischoff and a couple of the other comics, Cassio and Shuli and Tyler, uh, were just talking shop with Eric Bischoff, and it was like, you know, it's probably not the best way to put this, but the whole weekend was like a make a wish uh, dream for me. Like it was like someone just said, Earl. We're going to put you in Nashville with all your favorite wrestlers. Have a nice weekend. And uh, so we're talking with Bischoff. And Jay Lethal walks in. And Jay Lethal is like one of the great stars of today. And he's super funny. You know, you have seen him in TNA do the, basically, they never really called it anything, but he was doing the, he was the black Ric Flair. And he would walk like Ric Flair. He would talk like him. And then, you know, him and Flair had some very memorable vignettes, uh, where they would have like a woo off. <laughs> and, uh, he also did black machismo, which, uh, was a impression of macho man, savage a black dude, I guess. Uh, and, uh, he had some of macho man's actual robes. So it was a really spot on impression and he was so nice and, uh, you know, we were talking about his, uh, match, you know, he was Ric Flair's last opponent, uh, along uh, with Jeff Jarrett. It was them against Flair and Andrade. It was Charlotte Flair's husband. Um, and, uh, I could tell he was like a little kid. I even said that to him at one point. We, and we just talked for about five, 10 minutes, probably closer to five. And, uh, he had this smile on his face like a little kid like he was like being like i was saturday meeting all these favorite wrestlers and uh him and jeff Jarrett were great as the heels and uh i saw him at the after party I'm like dude you're so nice it's hard to boo you and he laughed and he was very humble and, and gracious because this is almost like a fantasy weekend for him um, you know i can imagine there was a lot of names they probably came up as Flair's final opponent. I'm sure Sting was uh brought up as a potential uh opponent because they closed out the Final Nitro ever. Um, but I think Sting had a family event. I mean Sting, he goes all in. Like, you know, if he has a family event, he'll he'll miss a pay-per-view, he'll miss like he's a true good guy. Um reborn Christian, you know, much like Nikita Koloff. They settled on Jay Lethal and uh, Jeff Jarrett. And Jeff Jarrett was a great heel in the match. You know, he was, like, taking sips of some guy's beer, and the crowd booed him. And he, I think, he threw, like, a bottle of water in the crowd. The crowd booed him. And then his wife, Karen Jarrett, who was, I think, Kurt Angle's ex-wife, she got into it with Charlotte. It was really well done. And uh, a couple other wrestlers I saw there, uh, you know, obviously uh, Brian Cage was there. I just saw an XPW Saturday night. Um shout out to XPW. They're they're uh, making a comeback. Um and uh Ricky Morton and his son had a match against uh, Brian Pillman Junior and Arn Anderson Junior, Brock Anderson, and uh you know, it was kinda neat to see uh some of the tags that the Mortons would do with each other. You know, you could tell like he was excited to be with his kid in the ring and uh I think at one point, uh, Brian Pillman kicked Ricky Morton pretty hard in the head, and uh, Ricky Morton came backstage. He's like, Earl, how was it? I'm like, well, you tell me you were just in it. He's like, uh, Pillman hit me too hard. I don't remember the last three minutes. <laughs> I was like, oh, boy, uh, maybe you should have your last match, too. He was so nice, though. Like, he's a true 80s wrestling legend. Then um, I got to meet the Von Erich boys. Uh, the Briscoes were there. Just, you know, it's a who's who. I'm I'm really underselling how great this was. And it was just a really memorable experience. And, you know, the match itself, you know, it probably wasn't the greatest match, to be honest with you. I mean, I think Ric Flair said he passed out twice in the match. So it was probably a little shorter than uh, they wanted but you know he's seventy three years old now. I saw him backstage without a shirt, walking around just a short or trunks, and uh, he's for seventy three. He looks amazing. I mean, my God, I hope I look half as good as he does at uh, seventy three. And uh, but it was a, uh, you know, I think Jay Lethal and Jared, You know, obviously they and Andrade they they did most of the heavy lifting in the match. And you know, if you're a Flair fan, you. You got to see the usual flare spots the flare flop and the struts and uh you know the referee was uh i, I forget his name uh but he was an old school wcw uh ref he was awesome like you could tell he was so excited backstage after he was shaking hands with everyone and uh, everyone that was the probably the best thing about this event was everything from day one to the the after-party at Kid Rock's bar, Tootsies. All these celebrities, at least celebrities in the wrestling world, in Kid Rock, they were all so excited to be there. Like, no one was a dick, not one person. Um, So it was really just... I wish every comedy gig was like this for me, because I don't imagine I'll ever have a gig like this ever again. You know, usually there's... I mean, the jellies, the cartoon that was pretty close to this you know i never had a bad experience with that um i'm dying up here even though i was barely in the show it was a pretty pleasant experience um i think you guys all know how i feel about roast battle and certain people on the show um but uh it was a dream dream weekend and i flew back well, well, let me go into the Azure Party. It was at, at Kid Rock's, one of Kid Rock's bars, Tootsie's, which is this. I guess you'd say almost a. I don't know if you'd call it country western, but uh, kind of think the bar and roadhouse. I, and I've never seen a bar this packed in my life. You could not move. But once again, even there, the crowd was cool. Like if you had to go somewhere, they'd get out of your way and, and help you. And like uh, the vip area was actually really cool it was behind the bar uh, or behind the band i'm sorry so there was no barrier There's no you know hidden door so you know the crowd saw the vip area um and rick flair was there and uh, as soon as i got there his wife ex-wife sorry wendy um signal for me to come over and, and like talk to rick and uh, you know he he had band-aids on his face because he bled. Of course, he bled. And, uh... <laughs> he gave me a hug and a little kiss on the cheek. And he... This is my life in a nutshell. He just looks at me and goes, Thanks, Ron. Call me Ron. The fuck? You think I was Ronnie Garvin? Uh, but, you know, it's Ray Flair. He can call me whatever he wants, to be honest with you. And then, uh... You know, Kid Rock came up. and He gave me a fist bump. Said, good job. And then, uh... know we stayed at tootsie's for a a long evening i tapped out i told tyler it's all yours kid tyler stayed there uh i'm not sure when he left he might still be there to be honest with you but it was pretty fun great music too i mean the the house band the kid rocks bars like they were really really good they had a female black drummer that i I couldn't take my eyes off of she was so Good. good and uh The guitar player and the bass player were awesome too. I mean, you could tell these guys are musicians. Um, And then they would rotate singers uh, in and out. So uh, then I flew home Monday. And uh, I'm still high off the gig. So uh, that's pretty much it. But I'm going to tell you some of the jokes that didn't make the final cuts. And you guys. In the comments can, uh, you know, say, hey, you should have done this joke. And if you've seen the roast on Fight TV, uh, I appreciate you watching. Spread the word. And once again, I get no cut of the, um, you know,
0: that. So, as you know, I wrote for uh, DDP, Eric Bischoff and Brian Nobs
1: so here's some of the jokes I wrote for Eric Bischoff. Uh this dais has the star power of a Jeff Jarrett promotion. What was Virgil busy? Of course he wasn't. Um and then I told him, Hey, you might you might go over if you do a joke about either me or one of the or all the comics put together. Um Earl Skakel is here. He's so unknown that I'm surprised I didn't have him headline Thunder. Um hey Brian Knobs is here, which means Hulk Hogan's ass is somewhere in the room. If this weekend is truly Rick's last match, then black is my natural hair color. Who booked this roast, Vince Russo or Dixie Carter? Retired pro wrestlers and unknown comics, what's the credit rating on this stage? Yes, I've made a lot of bad decisions in wrestling, but this roast is so bad even Jeff Ross passed on doing it. And that's like DDP passing on promoting DDP yoga. At this point, I wish Sting would come up from behind me. That was a joke based on that uh, promo when he was talking trash about Sting. And Sting came up through the ring and uh, put him in the Scorpion death row. Uh, All right, folks, let me get to Rick because he doesn't have a lot of time left. I mean, look at him. Who has liver spots on his forehead? Me and DDP helped make ready-to-rumble, and I just want to apologize to all of you. Being on this dais is karma. Yes, I used to sell meat, so I guess I do have one thing in common with Buff Bagwell. Eric Bischoff used to be a meat packer before he got into the wrestling business. After this roast, I think I'm going to produce a reality show called Scott Bayo was smart enough to say no to this roast. They say you roast the ones you love, so Vicky and Nobbs, can you leave the room? I don't know if I'm in a roast or a new Amber Alert lineup. Look at this group. I don't know what's worse, the jokes on this dais or my run in TNA. Rick, Hogan wanted to be here, I saw him in the lobby. Horace, you in here? DDP is here, and I love that man. I can't believe he's gone an hour without saying DDP yoga. Dallas, you feeling good? This is the only roast where there's a doctor and diapers backstage. There's more Viagra on this stage than a pharmacy. If this roast were on the Titanic, I'd root for a faster iceberg. Vicky, you look great. By the way, everyone, I'm a fantastic liar. (laughs) Rick, you and I have had a lot of ups and downs in our relationship, and tonight I'd like to bury the hatchet in the back of your head. Those were the jokes I did for Eric Bischoff. He didn't do very many of them, but he was a great guy. You know, uh, I think a lot of the roasters, you know, once they got up there, they kind of threw out the jokes and went into uh, defense mode. Uh, Oh, boy. Uh, You know, I'll do all these. Yeah, but this is for the fans. Uh, These are the jokes I wrote for Brian Knobs. A lot of people think I'm only here because of Hulk Hogan. They're right. I'll guess chronic back injuries from carrying me the last 20 years. What a good group of lesbians we have on stage tonight. Me being here tonight tells you Marty Janetti was booked. I'm not saying Rick likes to drink, but let's just say he gave a lot of girls I know whiskey dick. He also used a wine cork as a butt plug. How do Vicky and I have the same body? Blair is so horny, he jacks off to the female division in the hot dog eating contest. I think after actually being in Hogan Knows Best, he doesn't. That guy has made more wrong decisions than Bischoff and TNA. Who are these comics? They look like Pat Patterson's victims. I mean, friends. Come on, Stevie Wonder could see what was going on backstage at a WWF event. Jesus, Rick, the only thing black on this stage is your liver. Rick, you've been with a lot of beautiful women. And you couldn't have made a few calls. I mean, Vicky is the second hottest chick you know. No one's kind of a dud. Sorry about that. They all can't be homers. DDP, for all your health bullshit you do, you look like Haku's forehead. What are you moisturized with? Cactus? People might think, where are Sags? And just look at some of the bra lines on this stage. Jesus, Rick, you have some great tits. Jesus, this day looks like the evolution chart. When Skakel's the best-looking guy in the day, you have a problem. I don't know what's more painful. My knees are sitting through some of these jokes. You guys are fucking awful. Flair's taking more headshots than a gay porn star. It's great to see Bischoff after. It's great to see Bischoff after all these years. This guy blew more cash in WCW than Flair on his divorces. This roast is about as good of an idea as putting Mongo McMichael and the Four Horsemen. My dark match in 2008 for WWE is the only black thing on this stage. Hogan Knows Best was about as real as Tori's tits. How did Beefcake not get on this roast? I know he wasn't booked. I had a GoFundMe last year for my health problems, and I wish they had one for this roast. Rick, this is the best you can do? Me, Bischoff, and six comics, nobody knows. A lot of people don't know this, but Roddy Piper was supposed to do Earl's podcast the day he died. That's how much he didn't want to do Earl's podcast. Rick, I love the diversity of this roast. This stage is wider than Bischoff's hair and teeth. All right, so those were the jokes I wrote for Nubs. I mean, you know, not all of them are great, I'll be honest with you. But, uh, you know, I was doing what I could the ddp jokes uh ddp was very cool uh let me see here. I think, uh, okay um, let me see uh, okay um i didn't write that much for ddp because he told me he wanted to uh read some stories he, he wanted to do stories uh so uh there's one. I once teamed with Jay Leno to take out Hogan and Bischoff at Road Wild. In her, I thought that was the worst thing that could happen to me. Actually, Knobs is pretty horny too. He heard Bischoff was a meatpacker and asked me, "Is he by too?" Saying you were married to Rick Flair in 2022. Saying you were married to Rick Flair in 2022 is like saying you have a podcast. I don't know what works harder,
0: Rick, his liver, or his attorneys.
1: I have a lot in common with Rick. Blonde, great body, great in-ring technician, great on the mic. Both hate Bischoff. Both have no idea who any of the comics are. But I'll never be as good as Rick. I mean, I only have two divorces. And like I said, people love it when you take a shot at Rick. And by taking a shot at Rick, Rick probably is so deaf he thinks he should take a shot. Because I can tell you. That ain't water in his cup. Um that's about it. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do two more. There's two more long ones. I can't believe I'm on a roast with Eric Bischoff and Ric Flair. I mean, those guys hated each other back in the day. And by back in the day, I mean about an hour ago. Bischoff created the NWO to take out the four horsemen. And Flair wishes it would have been created to take out all his ex-wives. Jesus, Rick, It's okay just to take them to dinner. I'm not saying Rick is horny, but in WCW, he once backstage looked at John Tenta and said, look at the size of those tits. She's she single? I've had more heat with Eric Bischoff than a Yokozuna oven, especially after Ready to Rumble. My God. I don't know what was worse. My acting in that movie? Or Bischoff putting the strap on Arquette. Nobs just heard strap on
0: and got excited. So, uh, you know...
1: Listen, they all weren't home runs, but, uh, you know, all three guys were great to work with. Super nice. Um, And then some of the jokes. I think the one joke I forgot to tell, and I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie to you guys. uh, Eight minutes. uh, We were up there for the comics, got eight minutes. Some of the roasters got like three minutes uh, because, you know, they're not used to doing uh, jokes. And uh, the one joke I wish I would have done was uh, hey look at Brian Knobs! doesn't he look great after all his health scares I mean in 2022 Brian nobs could finally say he has a body that's better than Lex Luger and uh, but I you know I'll be honest with you I forgot um, and uh, you know didn't do it but uh, that's about it guys um, it was once again I said it a few times it was a dream dream gig so many people to thank rick flair um, you know starcast events uh, page Magin who got me on it uh, all his crew all the comics tyler morrison john moses Shuly, cassio dan saint germain all the uh the roasters you know ty domi tory wilson ddp vicky Wendy, Brian Knobbs Bischoff, uh, they were just awesome. Um, Just, I I really, there's not one thing I would change about uh, that weekend. And, uh, you know, people are asking me, uh, will there be another roast? There's already talk. Word on the street is, uh, there is already talk of another roast. Possibly at uh, Wrestlemania. You know, but uh, you got to really pick the right um,
0: roaster. Because uh, you
1: got to make sure they have a good sense of humor. You know, I think uh, there's that famous comedy Central Roast where uh, Chevy Chase was the and You know, he's a comedy genius, comedy legend. But you could kind of tell that he might not have understood what a roast is about which is crazy because he's his history and comedy is, is so uh legendary but you could tell at some points he was like why are they saying these mean things about me i'm chubby chase so you really have to um pick someone who's going to have a good sense of humor and uh i know a lot of people are thinking well, what about hulk hogan i don't know if that would work to be honest with you because uh, I don't know if he has a great sense of humor about some of the things that have happened in his life. Um, The phone call to his daughter probably being one that every comic in the world already has jokes about. You know, that was the uh, phone call where uh, Hulk Hogan wanted his uh, daughter to not date a certain element of society. So, uh, you'd have to pick, uh, and, you know, obviously they have to be pretty famous, so, you know, uh, I don't know if Sting would be a good one, just cause, you know, he's a reborn Christian, he probably wouldn't be into the roast style humor, um, and, uh, you know, you know maybe Kevin Nash, you know, he seems like he'd be, uh, willing to take it, cause you know he could give it, he's a pretty funny guy, so, who knows, um, keep uh keep your ears open and uh thank you guys for uh listening and watching. I'm going to try and do more uh dual episodes on YouTube so I can get more of a presence on there. So uh I think you guys all know where to follow me at Earl Skakel everywhere. Um uh, actually I'm getting a question on YouTube right now. I don't think Steve Austin would be a good roast. Uh roasty because uh you know he banned me on twitter because i went on piper's podcast and said you know why is this guy such a stick in the mud his gimmick was crashing beer cans on his forehead you know i'm just joking i'm clearly a fan of steve austin but uh he strikes me as someone who would not have a good sense of humor um you know chris jericho i think would be great because he has a good sense of humor um trying to think uh you know like i would love to roast kenny omega because i'm just a super fan of his but i don't know if he would be uh you know i don't know him so i i'm not sure um what his personality is like you know i think dana white would probably be a good one um you know he seems like he'd be a cross between flair who was awesome and uh stone cold like he probably wouldn't like some of the jokes but uh you know i think you know he seems like he's a pretty funny guy deep down as long as you don't bring up ufc fighter pay so um you know a good roasty really you have to have um good comics We're gonna perform, and you have to have some friends of the roasty. But you know, the roasty has to sit up there for two hours, so they got to put a good game face on, or else nobody's gonna have fun. Like Ric Flair was crying; he was laughing so much, and he got emotional when we would bring up topics. So uh you'd um, really—I'm trying to think—you know, I I don't think Vince McMahon would be good because, obviously, there'd be a lot of jokes. that was probably my best joke uh, about Rick. I was like, "Rick Flair has been paid millions and millions of dollars by Vince McMahon, and he didn't even have to fuck him." Um, there was also a joke I had about Tori Wilson. I, I was, we were all told that you know we can't really talk about her and Vince uh, just because she has a Legends contract, and she was awesome, so we all stuck to that. But I was like, you know, I had one joke, and I think I can tell it now. You know, Tori Wilson's legendary for her workout performances uh, on the road, which is tough to maintain a good workout schedule on the road. Um, But uh, she would start off with an hour of cardio, an hour of weights, and for a cool down, she'd run from Vince McMahon for 20 minutes. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't know if she would have liked that, but I kind of wish I just said, fuck it, and did the jokes. Because Shuli and uh, he was hammering Brad Nestler for being a pedophile, which he isn't. But Brad Nestler, the host, literally had no dirt on him. So I think Shuli and a couple of the uh, roasters just decided to make shit up on him. And he loved it, he had a great uh, sense of humor about it. Um, Stephanie might be, uh, you know, I'm getting the comment on YouTube. uh, Stephanie might be good. But you know, you could tell the second someone would do a joke, you know, and you know, Vince would be in the crowd uh, about Macho Man allegedly uh, having sex with her. That that would turn the room real fast, probably. You know, Triple H. Yeah, I don't know if he has a good sense of humor or not at this point of his life. Um, I think Shawn Michaels is into the reborn Christian stuff too, so not quite sure if uh, that would work out either um you know i'm trying to think of it because you know there's some wrestlers who have like really good personalities but they're probably not a big enough name to build a roast around um you know uh, like jim ross obviously would be pretty funny roasty but i don't i don't think he would dig the jokes um i mean you got to really be uh, a good sport and you gotta have alligator skin up there. you know, if you're the roasty, because it's like I said, it's about two hours of nonstop jokes about your physical appearance, any relationships you've had. So you got to really, um, uh, you got to give up your ego for a minute. I'm um, getting another question on YouTube and thank you for the questions on YouTube. I know this is late night, so not going to be a ton. You could roast a faction maybe, but or a tag team, you know, uh, like the Young Bucks would be uh, good roasties. But you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously they're big to wrestling fans, but I don't know if you could put it on TV. Um, you know,
0: I'm trying to think who else would be. Uh, you know,
1: it's tough. There's really a combination of they got to have a good sense of humor and they got to be big enough for people to care about it if it's on pay per view or Netflix or or whatnot. Um, um, trying to think, I can't really think of any many more names. I mean, Hogan would obviously be the the premier name, um, but I just don't think he would have that good of a sense of humor about it. You know, The Rock actually—I take that back. The Rock would be great. Because he seems like the type of guy who, like, hey, okay, I make more money than everyone in this room. I'll laugh at a few of these jokes. And he'd probably be pretty good on the rebuttal. Um, so, but I don't
0: know if
1: he would do a roast, because why would he do it? He's too busy making Fast and Furious movies. So, uh, that's about it, guys. I really do appreciate you listening. I'm at Earl Skakel on all social media. Um, inappropriate Earl, if you haven't done so already, um, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts for that. And listen to my newest podcast I do with Eddie Torres at the Comedy Store with John Sosis as well, the Comedy Store Wrestling Podcast. We're doing uh, more episodes now to to get the numbers up, and uh, we've had some ready really cool guests. We've had uh, Josh Barnett, UFC heavyweight champ. Say the thing we just had last night, the first Asian uh, WWE female performer. Uh, Rocky Romero from New Japan. Fred Rossler, the first openly gay pro wrestler. So uh, watch that as well. Leave a review for that. And uh, subscribe on YouTube. I know I'm asking you guys to do a lot of things, but uh, you know, especially on YouTube, I don't have a great social presence. And the algorithm's all based on, uh, you know, subscribers. So I'm pretty low. I think I only have about 1,650. For example, my friend Jordan has like 300,000. The Hannibal, which is my favorite wrestling uh, podcast, he's got, I think, four or 500,000 subscribers. So uh, that's about it. And if you're in L.A. ever, please come to the Comedy Store on me. DM me on Instagram. Tell me how many tickets you need. I'll take care of it. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone again for watching and listening.
0: And I love you all.